podcast. Hey, Tiffany. Me too. I'm almost tempted to ask you for your week was, but we already decided we're not going to do that because we're just going to jump right into it today. Yeah, it's going to be a shorter one today. Yeah. Um, we realize that uh, it's really hard to, to digest too much at once. Yeah. Um, recognizing what you're what you're in. That's something we both went through. Yeah. Uh, we have a question too from one of our listeners um, this week. Um, James out of Oregon was actually, you know, wondering like uh, the follow up from our last episode. Uh, when we found out or accepted that we were being abused, like how did we deal with it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we want to talk a bit about that today because. Uh, we had quite a bit of time to ponder on that question this week because it came in pretty early on the, just on the same Sunday that we did the last recording. So we, we thought about this the entire week and one of the things we recognized was the length of time it took uh, for us to go through uh, that process. I can recall um, um, it became a lot clearer to me that I was being abused. And I remember, you know, watching or trying to watch um, YouTube videos and listening to podcasts on narcissism. And most of them were between 15 to 45 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I could hardly make it through the first five minutes. Yeah. It was so painful because the things they were saying it sounded just like what I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it was triggering all kind of emotional disturbances inside of me. Yeah. And yeah, I I couldn't cope with it. It takes time to go through that process or to even accept um, just a little bit yeah. of yeah, the recognition. It's really, really difficult to, to hear it for the first time and start to think about it. And yeah. But the funny thing is, like, I wasn't hearing it for the first time. It was just no registering for the first time. Yes. And I felt stupid. When I thought about it, I recognized that, one, my abuser was telling me for years they were abusing me. Yeah. Straight to my face. That's the first thing. Um, my friends, well, my one friend who was testing my true friend, I really think about it, um, was saying, hey, that sounds like abuse. And then when I started to listen to this stuff, um, they was basically saying, hey, here's what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I couldn't cope with it. Yeah. I, I was drowning in this kind of self-pity and denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember my reaction the first time you told me I, I would we would talk just regular conversation, say stuff about my home life, and when you first said to me, well, "I don't like the way he treats you," that that seems like abuse to me. What was my reaction? Do you remember that? I, I do. Um, the first time I got the courage. Um, to actually say to you, um, yeah, your reaction was like this shock and disbelief. 
you have this look of horror on your face. Um, I thought I was losing you at that moment, to be honest with you. It was pretty tough to say to you. Um, it took a while, and then I saw you shaking your head kind of weirdly, and you did that thing where you said, <laughs> and, and that was the end of that conversation for the day. And then you changed you changed topic. You 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 didn't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you said that uh, when you got the courage to say something, I think that's a big aspect of of this too. People can see it because they're on the outside, but they're scared to say something because they don't want to interfere or yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to seem like they're like they're trying to influence you or change your mind about something. Yeah, relationships are difficult to deal with. Um, so when you have a friend, you know, because we're friends by then, mm -hmm. and um, they're living a particular lifestyle, or you know, they have some sort of like whatever they've chosen for their relationship. You know, they tell you about themselves. They tell you about the relationship sometimes. And you were thinking, I'm not sure if that person is really having as much fun as they seem to try to represent, you know? And that's what I saw um, with your situation. You know, you were telling me, oh, yeah, this weekend was great. We did this, we did that. And I was thinking, man, that doesn't sound like you. That sounds like someone different. And... You know, I, what really was like some, some key things that you would do that I thought were weird. Like, I remember you would bring, um, you know, your, your like, you know, people bring stores from like, you know, to the office. Yeah. And I thought it strange that you would never eat your leftovers. You would always dump them. And yeah. I was like, well, why did you bring them? Oh, I just, I just don't want to upset him. You know, he, he cooked all this stuff. I, I tell him it's too much and he still keeps doing it. So I I, I just don't want him to be upset with me. And, and and for me, that was like, well, that's weird. Like, why would somebody be so angry? But you're still representing that you have this really great relationship with them. And your actions. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yeah, there's a whole like set of stuff that doesn't correspond. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I just wondered about it all the time. And and then, you know, you meet the person or whatever, and you, you try not to be biased, but, you know, this is my friend and that's your partner, none of my business. That's how I felt at first. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there was just something weird about it. And like I said, when I finally got the courage to say, well, I don't know, maybe you might want to take this. You know, this is not healthy kind yeah. of stuff. And I, I guess, too, because I was experiencing my own thing. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, you know, if I could get a do-over on my end, mm -hmm. there's some things that I wouldn't want someone else to, you know, be doing like I did, like not wanting to say, like, honest things to the other person. Because mm -hmm. I... I I, I kind of understood it, right? I couldn't say, like, those things to my person either. But by then, too, I was kind of working through my process, and I realized that if you can't tell your 
partner. <laughs> the truth. Mm-hmm. And telling them the truth about how you feel hurts them so much that you would rather keep that to yourself. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty strong tell about your relationship. Yeah, you can't you can't tell your partner that they're hurting you because you're afraid it's gonna hurt them. Yes, that's a powerful way to say. Yeah, you might want to check, you know, what's going on with your relationship at that point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I remember that you were in this state of denial. You know, mm-hmm. you make excuses for them, and yeah, and I realized that you know, like watching you go through it, when I mention it to you, awaken something in me to to realize I think I'm doing that thing too. Yeah. I'm I'm lying to myself that this is like the best thing ever. Or I'm ignoring the signals of the really awful things and replacing them with just the one or two little good things that does happen. Mm-hmm. And making it seem like if my entire life is just those one or two things. And the truth is, even those one or two good things, they're not real. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're just cliche stuff. You know? Oh, what did you do this weekend? Oh, we went to this really nice restaurant. So everybody assumes, by the way how you said it, yeah. that you had a good time. Yeah. What I've realized is it's not the places you go. That makes it a good time. It's who you're with. Yeah, and, and being with a genuine person who's a whole person who can share their life with you, mm-hmm. and you get to do the same thing, right? Um, whereas what was happening to me was, you know, yeah, we went to a restaurant. It's true. Mm-hmm. The dinner was fantastic. It was true. Yeah. But I didn't enjoy it because, you know, as usual, the sequence of events was. Um, a couple quarrels before you left, mm-hmm. about timing or getting ready or whatever. Um, a bit of humiliation when you get there. Um, you know, some snarky, insulting remark or whatever, followed mm-hmm. up by, you know, a little bit of bad talking to the waiter or the waitress, you know, on their part. Yeah. Um, followed by, you know, you feeling all miserable. And then when you get home, they claim they had a good time or they say something like really weird and they act to like if that thing never even happened. Mm-hmm. Like all the things that you're saying when you get home is like, man, I was really concerned about this. And then they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I was only joking. Yeah. You take it the wrong way. You're, why, why are you so sensitive? All right. So it's almost like that night never happened. You're just being gaslit yeah. <laughs> the rest of the time, right? So... Yeah, I, I when I stopped when I stopped lying to myself, you know, it was easier to also see when someone else was also lying to themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I recognized then. I remember there was a podcast I listened to, and they had described the the entire thing like uh, mourning a death of a person. And for me, that was pretty morbid because. I, I mean, who likes someone to die, right? Mm-hmm. But they described it perfectly correct. Uh, what I realized was the person that I loved, the idea of the person that I loved really didn't mm-hmm. exist. Yeah. 
So yeah, you do have to mourn it like a death. Like the idea of this person that you had never existed. Yep. So there's like a, a grief aspect to it. You have to grieve for that relationship you thought you had. And you don't realize that you're grieving either. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took me a long time to come to grips with the fact that I was actually in that whole process of grief. Yeah, you don't really know what it is at the time. It's just, it really, really hurts. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. You can't, like, describe it, but it just, it's so painful. Yeah, and that's why it took me so long to, right? Because, you know, like, I've, I mean, I know people, or I've known people who have passed away. And it didn't have, to me, that strong of an impact mm -hmm. on my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, for example, my dad was a, a really great guy. I, I loved him a lot. And when he passed away, I was able to deal with it mm -hmm. without any sense of trauma or anything. You know, the memories were great. It lived a full life, you know. Um, I was, there was this weird satisfaction, I guess, of knowing that he had done such a wonderful thing in the world and now he'd moved on. Um, but when I realized that the person that I had spent 20 something years loving did not even exist. Yeah, that's, that's so that was rough. So that's what I'm saying, you know, when I first started to listen to this type of podcast, where people are talking about their hurt and their pain and they're telling you what a narcissist is mm -hmm. and all the things to watch out for. Like listening to that stuff and someone telling me this is what's happening to you. I, I, I couldn't get past five minutes of it. Yeah. Well, it took me about three, four months to listen to a full episode of anything. It was that painful. Yeah. And, and I went through that with you, like talking to you as a friend. And the good thing about having a friend to talk to is that we were able to cycle in and out of it. Because when I thought I had lost you by saying something like that and you changing the topic, um, you did come back like a day or two later and you would ask the follow-up question. Yeah, the time to process it. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah, what went on in my head was when you first said the word abuse, that one hit really hard. And the, my first reaction in my head was denial. It's like, no, no, that's not happening. No, it's it's not abuse. I know abuse. I've been abused before. This isn't that. Because it was, it was so similar, but yet so different than the first one. So yeah, denial was definitely my first reaction. Yeah. I couldn't accept that it, that it was real. And, and as I watch you go through it, and I, when I would go home on, 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 you know, after the office, and I would be like, hmm, you know, I pointed this out in her. I pointed out this thing that she told me. And then it's like, oh, my goodness, like, that's the same thing that's happening to me. Like, nowhere. I was in denial, too. It was, it was really funny. And I I remember <laughs> I remember the day that we decided to have like a, a deeper conversation about it. It's one of those times when you when you ask me a question, it's like, so do you experience this thing in your relationship? 
I can't remember what specific it was on that day, but I think that was like, oh, like that was the time when you were asking me about, you know, that guy who had sent you this really awful set of suggestive messages. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, your partner was like, oh, he's just joking. Mm -hmm. But it was very clear that he was literally being, um, I guess, chauvinistic and abusive because, you know, he wanted you to tell him about, you know, what you were wearing. To me, that's creepy as hell. Mm -hmm. Especially since yes. you know, he knows who your partner is, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I I remember, um, like, as we started to dive deeper into these exchanges, you would say things to me like, I don't know, um, she sounds pretty much like my partner. Mm. Well, I remember pointing out the similarities between the two. Do they know each other? <laughs> yes. Similar. How how do they not know each other? Are they having meetings that we don't know about? <laughs> I remember it was so funny, you know. I mean, would say these things kind of light and joking, mm -hmm. but then when you go back and you experience it, yeah, it, it became hard. a lot clearer that I wasn't going crazy after all, mm -hmm. and. I was really experiencing abuse myself, mm -hmm. and I too was in denial. Yeah, and I think the something that helps so much is the humor. Yes, like we could laugh and have fun with it. When like, it's not a fun thing to go through, but you can you can make light of it. You can create humor out of it, and that is that was very powerful for I think both of us. Yeah, because the then there was this guy that we would watch occasionally on uh, TikTok. I think I remember. Oh yes, he had to put his wigs on, and and like, he was he, that's really skillful actually. Yeah, he was funny. Yeah, and we went all these crazy videos where he'd be talking to himself. Yeah, they don't really want seeing them, you know. Yeah, the uh, the first date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and basically this guy kind of was representing the dialogue between a narcissist and a codependent person. And it was like, whoa, that's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. to find, you know, as one of the, um, the videos. That, yeah, I'll find the, the first date one. That yeah. one was the first one that we watched. Yes, and, and that helped a lot because he was so funny. Mm -hmm. And it was so therapeutic when I was able to laugh about it while still at the same time recognizing you're definitely in a state of denial in Altairon and this is what's happening to you and you need to embrace the fact that you're having a challenge. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was my first time really looking at it because we were having that dialogue. Mm -hmm. We were able to test our truth with each other and the gaslighting now was no longer having the same effect of making us feel like our reality was not real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So what other stages? That's the thing. You can't do it in order because there's no real there's no order to this. Well, well, okay. So the psychologists they say that you you go through um, denial. Um, you go through anger, then you do this bargaining process, then you get this depression, and then you get acceptance. Mm -hmm. And I think the way it unfortunately comes over is like if there's this sequence of events. Mm -hmm. 
Like one begins at a point, then yeah. it ends. Like yeah. You start the next one, yeah, then it ends. <laughs> but I, I can say for sure that's not what really happens. No. You like weave in between them all. Yes. Like in your mind. Yeah, that's the thing. Because like you, you would get to a place where you would accept like one or two bits of the abuse and you'd be like, okay, yeah, this is definitely abuse. This yeah. is not good. And then you'd ignore the, all the little things. All the other ones. Yes. And then you're like, okay, but they're not a complete narcissist. Exactly. That's exactly what I, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, he has tendencies, but yeah, he's definitely not a full narcissist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the, that's the whole thing, right? Like when you're experiencing it, and then when you're listening to these podcasts and stuff, you begin to think, well, which stage am I at? You're mm-hmm. you're evolving. Yeah. You, you're cycling through that process over and over again. Yeah. So, like, my first denial was about the whole gaslighting thing. Mm-hmm. That was my first denial. And it was like, well, no, maybe I did forget. No, well, maybe I did overreact. Maybe I was too angry. Maybe... And I kept making up all these maybes, and I was a denial. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, no, everything tells me about this gaslighting that I've watched or listened to. And then I started buying books on it, and I started diving deeper into it. And it's like, I'm being gaslit constantly. The phrases they used, wait a minute. Predictable that's, phrases. That's so yes. Like, um, you're taking it the wrong way. I was just joking. Look at what you made me do. Mm-hmm. You made me angry. Um, you're crazy. You're, you're too emotional. You're too sensitive. Yeah, you have to be a special kind of crazy to think that I would do that. It is you, not me. I would never say that. Mm-hmm. If I never said that. Yeah, like, they keep playing over in my mind because they're so real and they were happening so often. And I didn't want to accept it. Mm-hmm. See, time is the biggest factor in this. This thing happens over time. And you go through all these processes over and over for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I It took you three years yeah. before you finally were able to get up. Yeah, it's definitely not a fast... Like easy no, process. Because you keep cycling in and out of it until mm-hmm. you finally make that cut. Yeah. That final, final decision. But like, so you start with your denial. Then it makes you really angry. I mean, the the sequencing is kind of correct, but mm-hmm. like I said, if you kind of go back and forth on it mm-hmm. and it takes time. Nobody's just like well, I did the first four parts and now I'm at acceptance and now I'm done. Mm-hmm. No, you you start with denial, then you get really angry. Yeah. Because, and I remember when I got angry, oh, I was pissed. Mm-hmm. So then, were you angry at yourself or her or? Both. Um, see, I was hurt because I really loved her. Mm-hmm. So... I became angry at her first because why why would you do that to me? And then when I realized that this person doesn't exist, 
then I became angry with myself. Yeah, blaming yourself. It's like, how could you not see this? Yeah, and for me too, it was especially difficult because I had been through an abusive, narcissistic relationship before. So I beat myself up even more because I should have learned my lesson. Why? How did I wind back up? I, didn't I learn enough from the first one? So I was like, I, was really, yeah. I had a really hard time with, with beating myself up over it because I just repeated the same thing, same cycle that I just escaped from. And then you start that bargaining process. What's that look like? Let's go to counseling. Mm -hmm. Let's work this out. Oh, maybe it'll get better. Oh, man. He's just having a rough time. And and you try to explain it to them. And, mm -hmm. you know, they get angry with you for even thinking it. Mm -hmm. And then if you stick to your guns, then they bring out the crocodile tears and they start crying and they promise to change. Mm -hmm. And then you think that you made a good bargain. You've gotten through to them. And you've gotten through. And then two weeks later, they're back to doing the exact same thing like in fact my situation was we would literally finally get to the stage where she would give in and say i'm sorry i recognize what i did to you it's hurtful mm -hmm. and then in the same night less than an hour later she would do something equally hurtful about the same thing i just complained about and i was like I thought we just spoke about this. That's you're, how you know. This again. That's how you know they're no. They know what they're doing. Yes, and, and it's a pattern that they have developed with their disorder, where they're only accustomed to manipulating you, mm -hmm. and and they can't get their supply anymore. So, because now when you've talked about it, the expectation is they're going to be a whole person. They're going to start taking care of themselves. They're mm -hmm. going to stop dumping the responsibility on you to make them feel good and before you know it no it's your responsibility again yeah. back where you started yeah uh, so you know the bargaining that you're going to try um, that's just a reality of the grieving process you're, you're going to try to bring that person back mm -hmm. you're going to try to save the person that you thought you are in love with that you're loving that person doesn't exist they're dead. They're, they're not real. They never were. You, you fell in love with a fake person. I remember when, huh, I remember when that hit me. Like it hit me really, really hard. I'm just driving, um, just on a road trip, and uh, I just, just something, something triggered in my mind, and I just started following my eyes out. I could not stop following. I tried so hard to hold it in, but it just, it wasn't happening. I was like ugly crying. <laughs> Sorry. This was like, yeah, accepting that this person never existed and then you've, you've loved a phantom for however long you have and you thought they were loving you back when you realized they were not capable of that. That is, like, that's the closest thing to actual grief. Yeah, that's the depression. That's the depression state that you're talking about. Yeah, so denial, anger, mm -hmm. bargaining, 
depression. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's the depression you're feeling. That's that really low, yeah. low. That was heavy. Yeah. And this one particular song came on the radio. Oh my. That, that, I don't even, I don't even, the words of the song, I didn't even know. It was just something about the music. Frequency of the music. That, that triggered something. That's what kicked it off. And I just, like, for an hour and a half straight, I was just bawling my eyes out. I'll never forget that. Yeah, I can remember my most major depression state. It happened, um, you know, we'd had an argument, and we had determined that I would get an answer about a change that needed to be made as far as I was concerned. I was in that bargaining stage. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, can you be I don't want to start the next year like this. I need an answer by midnight. Because mm -hmm. I'm not starting the next year like this. We're not going to be arguing anymore. I'm tired. And she said, sure, no worries. I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. I didn't sleep that night. I waited. I waited the entire night. And she slept like if nothing happened. She never got back to me. The next morning, it was just like regular conversation. Yeah, yeah, and I broke. I was like, hey, man, like, we had a conversation, we had an argument, we made an agreement, you're going to let me know what's going to go on. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me like, yeah, oh, I can't believe, like, you sure? And I was like, what? This was just yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like last year was like a year ago. It was literally yesterday. This is the 1st of January of that year now. And it's like, it never happened. And then she did the flip the switch thing. Okay, okay. Um, I promised I'm going to do this. And I, I knew. Mm -hmm. I knew in that moment. For sure then at that point. I'd seen enough of the same pattern over and over again. Yeah, just and stringing you. no longer going back to denial. Mm -hmm. I was stuck in depression for a long time. Um, it really affected me. Mm -hmm. um, it affected my health. Um, I would binge eat a lot. You know, I did all kind of stuff to myself. Uh, financially, I started to do crazy things. You know, uh, like everything just started to fall apart for me for a while before I finally like, came out of the depression, like, I knew for sure that I was done. Mm -hmm. There was no more denying anymore. I wasn't going back to the top of that cycle again right. to deny and be angry. I was just stuck in this depression for months, uh, about maybe two to three months. Like, it would, mm -hmm. it would come in waves as well. So yeah. it would be, like, deep, deep, deep depression, and then you start to feel a little better, because, you know, you talk to your friend, you mm -hmm. tell them how you feel. But then when you go back to the environment, another mm -hmm. deep, dark depression again. Yeah. And, yeah, so I finally was able to speak my truth to that person and say, I'm done. Yeah. This is how it's going to be going forward. Yeah, the acceptance. Yes, and, and then once that acceptance was in place. Then it's just... Find your way out. That was it.
Yeah, yeah but it, it started with my made up mind. Mm -hmm. You know, once once I had settled in my mind, yeah. this is real. Yeah. That was it. Right. This is the what. Mm -hmm. Now comes the how. Yes. How do you get out? And and that's you know that's where you get to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you do go through those cycles. It does take a bit of time. Right. Years, months, weeks. It's not a one day thing. No. It's not, it's not a clean process. No. Yeah, it's something you definitely have to, as much as it sucks, take your time. Yes. Yeah. Everybody's not ready to come out at the same time. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready. You know, when you started to point out to me similarities, yeah. I wasn't ready. Coming out kind of sounds like something else. Well, that's okay. You, you can do that too. <laughs> <laughs> They go through it. Precisely. Well, I mean, I I can only imagine. I don't know, but and I don't ever want to pretend that I know. Mm -hmm. But what I can say is that, like grieving these different deaths that you go through in a relationship, right? Because that's what it really is. Because then the next one that you go through after you finally decided that this is it mm -hmm. is the death of the relationship that the public knows right you see what i'm saying right so and then you go through that whole cycle again because now you find yourself having to you know explain to people yeah why you're no longer there right and then you kind of you get you get triggered all over again like so stupid comments from these people because they were on the outside and they had no clue what was going on precisely they have to deal with all these people and their stupid comments and yeah. so it's like when a relative dies mm -hmm. especially like if it's somebody you were close to and maybe you just talk to them on the phone and then somebody calls you and says hey this is what just happened you'd be like no 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 i just talked to them i just talked to them it's not true that's your denial mm -hmm. you know that's your shock and disbelief moment mm -hmm. and and then you feel like maybe you're angry because oh, i should have done this or i should have done that you know, and mm -hmm. then you say, oh, well, maybe if I can get there fast enough, I can change it or, you know, they're already gone. Mm -hmm. You drop everything you try to get there because you, you think that you could change something to bring them back. You can't. Mm -hmm. And then you go through that depression. And that's just, just like what's like. It's just grief. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, it I takes mean, time. In this case, like, you can't, like, there's no bringing them back because they never existed in the first place. Yes, and that's hard. It's, it's really hard when you've spent a long time loving an imaginary person. Mm -hmm. um, the idea of the person. And yeah. just ignoring who they've been telling you they are the whole time. Yeah, because they pretended to be that person for a little yeah. while too. Absolutely, especially in the beginning. Yeah. They pretend to be the, like, you're everything. Everything you would ever want, that's what they are. Yeah. But that quickly fades after they know they've got you. Yes. And then the mask starts to slip. Yep. Yeah, so we want to encourage you to live in your reality. Find yep. a functional friend, counselor, coach. Yep. To test your truth with. And yeah, be whole. It's really important that we find that true reality that we're living in. So you could be your authentic and genuine self every single day of your life. Yeah. Yeah, once you start doing that, it's amazing how things 
just change. When you let go, yeah. let go of your pain, yeah. and you start living your happiness. Your decision, yeah. and you let go of the past. Yeah, and you wish them well. As, you know, you, you yeah. do wish them well because um, that person has a disorder. Yeah, they're extremely traumatized people. Yeah. That's that's how it comes out in them. So don't hit them. Just understand, hey, you know, this is what they do and they need help. And, you know, it's best for you to say to that person, you know, I wish you well and I hope you do get help. I have loved you as best I can. And it just hurts me too much to keep doing this to myself. And mm -hmm. by you doing that, it kind of prompts them to do something if they want to, if they choose to. Mm -hmm. But it's not your responsibility to hurt yourself so that someone else can be happy. Wow. So this is tough listening to. Because, mm -hmm. You know, like I said, we struggled. So if you've made it this far in the podcast, um, it means that you're, <laughs> you're a little bit closer to that point of acceptance. Yeah. If you... Well, if you don't hear this, then, you know, you probably stopped after the first five minutes because a lot of the stuff we said earlier was a little tough. Mm -hmm. But you're hanging there. It's all tough, but yeah, you you're can get through there. this. We yeah. got through it. We're living examples. Absolutely. Anyone can do it. So have a great night, a great weekend, a great day, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. And James, thanks for your question. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah,